0: Welcome to Sunny in Seattle with your host, Sunny Joy. And coming up on today's show, Sunny will be welcoming back show-leading inflammation expert, Jenny Carr. And the two of them will be discussing her brand new book, The Clean Eating Kid. So tune in and learn how you and your kids can reverse chronic health symptoms by adopting an anti-inflammatory diet. And now I welcome your host for the day. Sunny Joy.
1: And good morning, everyone. Welcome to Sunny in Seattle. I'm your host, Sunny Joy McMillan. And we're here every Friday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. KKNW in Seattle, as well as 103.3 KPCA in Petaluma, bringing you amazing guests and resources that will help you create a life filled with joy, peace, freedom, and purpose. It is radio that positively shines. And if you can't catch the show live, you can always access the show archives. Those are found at 1150kknw.com. And you can also find the show on iTunes and Podcast One, if that's your thing. Um, find out more about me through my website. Uh, if you want more information there, you can go to goldenoversoul.com. And, uh, Benny, what's going on with you in Seattle? Well, you
0: know what my thing is, is to see you in person live, and to hear you live, not these podcasts, but it's a good backup. That's all I'm saying. Uh,
1: so yeah. It was well, nice to see you, though, this last week. I know. We made up, for those who didn't know, we, we made a very quick trip to see uh, Chase's family up there since we hadn't gone during the holidays. And I had the chance to sneak into the studio to record a disclaimer in an ad. No, you Benny. were just here to see me, not <laughs> oh, for right. work.
0: Gosh, I mean, you make it don't sound tell. so work-related.
1: <laughs> yes, but don't tell Chase's family, Benny. <laughs> oh, right.
0: Oh, well, there goes that. <laughs> cats out, cats of out of the bag, <laughs> cats out of the bag. Well, actually, you Gee. came into town, too, uh, because it was snowing.
1: Yeah, that was pretty funny. We picked, like, the <laughs> one weekend of snow that Seattle will get uh, the Probably entire winter season. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, and we, we decided to come in just for that. So. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. We just welcomed
0: you with open arms and cold streets and, you know, snow <laughs> yeah. everywhere. That, you know.
1: It was. Well, I mean, I have to say, if we wanted a little taste of winter, having now moved to Petaluma, California. We do have – we have rain. It gets cold. You know, we're sometimes in mm-hmm. the 30s, but it's not your – traditional winter that we get right. up in seattle right. so i guess we got our taste of winter by coming you, did. To
0: visit. you did but it was great <laughs> to see you and yeah nothing's pretty uh, nothing's really different on the home front here we're just still plugging <laughs> away
1: oh good yeah. well i was good to see
0: you benny you too as always
1: yeah well i'm really excited to welcome back um to the show today jenny carr and i have to say out of all the guests that i've ever interviewed uh my mom's favorite two guests of all time would be Eben Alexander, of course, from Proof of Heaven, um, and then, of course, our guest today, Jenny Carr. Um, she, I think, <laughs> has passed out more of Jenny's amazing cookbook, um, her first book, Piece of Cake, The Secret to an Anti-Inflammatory Diet. I think she has given more of those away than anything. Um, Jenny, I'm going to read your bio real quick, and then we'll bring you on. Okay. <laughs> So Jenny Carr is a speaker, mompreneur, leading inflammation expert and the international best-selling author of Piece of Cake: The Secret to an Anti-inflammatory Diet. She survived a near-death experience due to an autoimmune condition, is healing through upholding anti-inflammatory living, and is on a mission to help others do the same. Whether it is recovering from an autoimmune disease, reversing chronic physical disorders, or easing behavioral and emotional conditions, Jenny specializes in helping people reverse these chronic symptoms by adopting and maintaining anti-inflammatory eating without feeling deprived or overwhelmed. Think cupcakes, pizza, bread, and muffins, the anti-inflammatory way, She offers limited VIP coaching, as well as her famous Have It All group coaching program. Jenny has been featured by major media sources such as NBC, ABC, iHeartRadio, Dr. Mark Hyman, U.S. News and World Report, Rancho La Puerta, Mind, Body, Green, Well and Good, and so many more. Jenny enjoys playing, working, and living in the mountains. She resides in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, with her husband, Brock, and their kids, Tosh and Chloe, who actually feature uh, in a central position here in this latest book that we're going to be talking about today. The Clean Eating Kid. Uh, Jenny, welcome to Sunny in Seattle again. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I
2: just love hearing your voice. And, Benny, it's so so fun to catch up with you both. So thank you. Yeah, it's
3: our yes, pleasure. Yeah, so excited. <laughs> Yeah.
1: So, you know, we we had you on for the first time to talk about that first book, Piece of Cake, yeah. The Secret to an Anti-Inflammatory Diet. Um, and I have to just also say, for me, when I went through my SIBO protocol, um, when I had, whether it's candida or the small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, they're kind of sisters, my understanding of each other, um, you know, causing intestinal issues. And I decided to go the more holistic treatment route by starving the little buggers instead of doing antibiotics um, because I didn't want to kill off my good gut flora. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was a little overwhelmed when I got the protocol for it, which basically... You know, uh, no grains, no sugars, no fruit, no alcohol, no um, caffeine, no additives, preservatives. Like I was making my own almond milk at home and nut milks. And anyway, it was a bit overwhelming when I got that list. And then I thought, you know what? I have Jenny's book because we had written our books around the same time and we're friends. (laughs) Yeah, and and it saved me. And. Yeah, and I was also sharing with you that my mom was diagnosed with an autoimmune condition earlier this year. Um and she was already a huge fan of your work and you're I was just telling you, you know, before we came on the air that this book has made transitioning away from sugar, which was one of her little you know, her areas, her thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> sugar, um, and it made transitioning off of the sugar um very a lot easier for her um because, you know, given that she has an autoimmune condition, that's inflammatory and she yeah. can't be having that sugar anymore so anyway jenny just a big thank you from our whole family oh. and people whose lives you've touched thank you i love you
2: so much i love your family i love everyone that's you know i always say be the change you wish to see in the world and our world um has been on a trajectory our our society of we've just been getting sicker and sicker and sicker and in fact in my first book piece of cake i I outline from like a historical timeline, historical data points to modern day society how sh- processed sugar specifically has been introduced and consumed, and um, the amount that is consumed, and that is directly paralleled with our chronic diseases, chronic symptoms, um, autoimmune conditions, diabetes, Alzheimer's, like all these different chronic health conditions. So, it is. It processed sugar really is tied with alcohol, the number one most inflammatory food or drink we can put into our body. And as we were saying, Sunny, it's all about swapping it out. Because when we feel deprived, when we're like, I can never have this again, I can never have a cookie or a cake or bread again, when we feel deprived, we get in this really negative spin, right, with our mind, and we just want it even more. We crave it. So instead of falling off the wagon with pizza and cookies and pasta and cakes, whatever it may be, those comfort inflammatory foods, I just help people swap them out for options that taste similar but don't inflame. And I really find that to be key in maintaining this way of eating.
1: Yes. And that that really is the, the, the general idea here. And I do want to back up because I was shocked in this. I don't recall this timeline being in Piece of Cake. Like there was a lot of,
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: just for those out there, if you already have Jenny's book, Piece of Cake, don't just sit on that one. I um, th- there's a lot of new information in this book that, um, I found to be very helpful in complementing what was already out there in a oh, piece good. of cake. Um, but you had, it was so interesting to me, particularly, um, the, the introduction of sugar into mainstream society. And we're going back like sometimes thousands of years here, but definitely with the, with, you know, once science kind of came on the scene about 300 years ago, rheumatoid arthritis was directly tied to sugar being mm-hmm. out there in the yeah. mainstream, and then even more importantly, now we have such a huge number of folks being diagnosed with memory conditions such as dementia, and Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. that is tied to sugar as well. Yeah, I didn't
2: realize that. Yes, even heart disease. Um, I just wrote an article from, um. I can't remember exactly which it was, but it was was a mainstream university medical review correlating processed sugar with heart disease. I mean, what science is, is learning is that a long time ago, I shouldn't say long, a few decades ago, we always said stress is the biggest culprit for chronic health conditions, whether it's heart disease, autoimmune conditions diabetes, like it didn't matter. Stress was the thing, right? Mm -hmm. What we didn't know is that we didn't know very much about inflammation. That was not a mainstream word that we use, but stress was causing inflammation. It's one of the major causes of inflammation as is diet, right? Diet puts stress on the body. Traumatic issues put stress on the body. Um, And so what we're learning is that sugar, our diet, our diet is full of sugar and we eat it every single day. Even if we're trying to avoid it, it's hidden in so many things, processed sugar. And that is having a chronic debilitating effect on many people because we're consuming it and it's just building up, building up, building up in our body. Our body's not able to process all of it So the inflammation goes to the areas in our body that we're most susceptible to. It can be from genetic predisposition. It can be from overuse. Like if you're an athlete, maybe you run ultra marathons all the time and you have certain joint pain, it will go to those areas. And it can just be, it will sometimes just go to areas that aren't quite as strong in our body. Right. And the key here is that that looks different for every single person. The symptoms, the disease, the diagnosis looks different for every single person, which is why people are really just catching on. Like, oh, maybe inflammation really is impacting me. The common denominator is that it is a chronic symptom, whether it's diagnosed or not. Chronic symptom, you've had it for three months or more, and it affects you. It could be every day, once a week. But it is something that's been ongoing, again, physical, behavioral, mental, emotional. Um, so that's the thing to kind of keep in mind as we're determining, like, is inflammation affecting me or not?
1: Yeah. And I you have a list in the book, which I think is um, a really nice resource for folks mm-hmm. that has mm-hmm. God, it's it's got to have more than 50 different chronic conditions or diseases listed on there that can be tied largely to chronic inflammation in the body, which of course is largely tied to, as you said, either stress or what we're finding out now, nutrition. Um, And yeah, it's things that you may not think about. Like what are some of the ones, Jenny, just putting it out there, someone might recognize, of course we've talked about autoimmune conditions, that's a biggie, but what are some of the other big ones? Like, I mean, asthma, Um, things that people don't think about that are tied to chronic inflammation and can be reversed or at least symptoms diminished, through an anti-inflammatory lifestyle
2: so like sleep apnea
1: so many more people have sleep apnea than
2: we really realize it's not something that's talked about a bunch but if you have poor sleep or really low energy that dramatically is impacted by inflammation um hormonal imbalance which is huge both in adults and young adults um hormonal balance directly impacted by inflammation. If you've been in a in an accident or had some sort of physical injury to the body at some point in time. Um I've had multiple clients who have had um issues with their spine or torn ligaments in their knees. Of course, that physical injury is going to impact the body and create some sort of pain right but what's amazing is that when people take the inflammation out of their diet and really learn how to detox in a, in a nurturing way the inflammation is no longer there to target these susceptible areas and the pain melts away i have people had a, who have avoided back surgery sunny by mm. simply eliminating inflammatory foods which is i mean how cool is that right Um, Also, depression, and I talk about in The Clean Eating Kid, My son had a severe sensory condition, behavioral ADD, ADHD, autism, sensory conditions. Um, Those are really impacted by inflammation. In fact, to the point my son had such a severe sensory condition, a drop of water would land on his shirt and he'd scream and be like, Mm -hmm. mom, it hurts, it hurts, and he'd want to tear his shirt off. He struggled with transitions at school, with his focus, with ADD. He had a difficult time expressing himself. Um, oh, you wanted to get, like, we live in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, as you said, where there's tons of snow outside. So to put on multiple layers to go outside at recess, like, he couldn't handle it. He would mm-hmm. get dressed when recess ended. It would take him all of recess to work through the sensations on his skin, because sensory condition is is really rooted in our nervous system. And so what I decided to do is this two-week science experiment And for two weeks, I was like, let's just see, let's take out these top inflammatory foods, and I I was in integrity, Sonny. Like I, if he went to a birthday party, I brought a a cupcake that was clean, or you know, like anything. For two weeks, I was totally in integrity, and he improved so much that I was like, I'm gonna stick with it. And two months, that sensory condition was 85% better. Our life dramatically changed. So um it is amazing what inflammation can do both in exacerbating a condition but also in reversing if not significantly improving in all different
1: areas of our life. Yeah. And the other thing that I just want to point out here, and this is a statistic that I will share until (laughs) the cows come (laughs) home, but that on average, and I learned this from Dr. Kelly Brogan, I don't know the original source, but um, that on average, it takes 17 years for evidence of inefficacy or harm or leading edge science to hit mainstream doctor's offices. And that's, you know, that's unless your doctor is someone who is attending the latest conferences on the latest science most aren't and this is what was so frustrating like my I will just say like in my mom's case she has several doctors who were telling her oh no nutrition's not going to do anything nutrition will not affect this there's no evidence to suggest that changing your diet is going to affect mm-hmm. this and i just wanted to beat my head against the wall and say oh my gosh what about this study this study this study to think all the people out there i guess i'm sharing this because you may have a doctor that is telling you that, oh no, there's no evidence for this. But Jenny, do you mind just addressing that quickly? Like what do you do when you are seeing a doctor that you like, you know, you trust, and they just don't have the right studies in front of them yet? Yeah. This is so interesting. My husband has type one diabetes
2: and he has had every doctor tell him diet doesn't make a difference as long as you know how many carbs you're eating. Mm. And I'm like, uh, diabetes is directly related to like, what are you talking about? So uh, that, that is all too common. I did not know that statistic, but it doesn't, um, surprise me all that much. And here's the deal, you guys, if you have a doctor that, you know, like, and trust, that is so important. It's important to have guidance. It's important to have support and it's important to be your own advocate. So if there's something the doctor is saying, well, no, that's not going to help diet, lifestyle, um, any sort of non-medicated route, right? Give it a shot. Like I'm a huge uh, component, I'm a huge proponent of doing a science experiment, Don't let someone else tell you what to do. Learn the framework, learn the scaffolding, whether you want to adopt deep breathing and meditation, or you want to try anti-inflammatory eating, or maybe like maybe going for a walk just for one mile every day. Oh, you know, for a whole year will make a huge impact. Like do your own science experiment. Give yourself a certain set of time, follow through, see if you feel better. One of my biggest goals missions in this work is to help people learn how to connect to their body and listen to what it has to say if you are experiencing chronic symptoms and you're doing everything your doctor is saying then there's still an issue and it's the root issue more than likely yeah so what can we do to heal that root issue and if you do a science experiment and you feel better that's not by coincidence. Listen to your body. It speaks to you by the by your physical, mental, emotional symptoms. And if you're feeling better, then think about, well, what action am I taking? And sometimes what thoughts am I thinking that's supporting this process? Keep going with it. Peel back on another layer. See what else you can do to continue healing. It doesn't mean you have to cut your doctor off, right? But right. You guys, we know ourselves better than anyone else. How much time? I was told the average doctor spends seven minutes with their patient. Yeah. Seven minutes. We spend a lifetime with ourselves. We know our body better than other people. The problem is that we're really used to numbing out our symptoms. My stomach hurts, take some time. I have a headache, take some Tylenol or ibuprofen. I have a skin condition, get the Benadryl, right? Like, we're always trying to take medications to kind of numb out or put a band aid over the symptoms. What if we allowed them to show
1: up and then asked ourselves, asked our body, what do you need to heal? Begin there. Yes. And I, going back to the story with your son, Tosh, I want to really emphasize that, you know, this book is called The Clean Eating Kid. And you have personal experience. Is is that actually why you wrote your second book directed mm-hmm. toward children was because of your experience with Tosh? It is
2: really funny, Sunny. I actually, mm-hmm. the the clean eating kid is the first book I ever wanted to write. I, what? yes, I wrote a book proposal to send out to multiple literary agents. Like I did all of these things that has always been like where my heart's at. I was a teacher. Oh my I don't gosh. even know if you know this. I was an I elementary didn't. and middle school teacher for 10 years.
1: No, um, I, I didn't know that actually till I read this book. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So I have this like very strong calling to work with kids and I love mm-hmm. being a mom. And, um, I, when I was really sick, for those of you who don't know, I will quickly say I, right. I nearly died from chronic Lyme disease, a parasite infection. So severe it put holes in my organs, ate away my endocrine glands. I went into organ failure and was in bed bed rest for the greater part of two years. Like my whole life collapsed. I didn't know if I was going to make it through certain days. It was very scary. And as part of that process, um, I spent months every day, every week getting a lot of IV treatment with, um, vitamins and minerals and support for detoxing. And I remember just sitting in the IV room, um, All the time, talking to everyone, hearing their different stories. And I would talk to them about inflammation. Here's foods you can swap out. And they were so excited about it. And I would say, oh, well, you should go to my website, The Clean Eating Kid. I even had a website before this, before my book. Go to my website, The Clean Eating Kid. And they would look at me and be like, well, why would I do that? I'm not a kid. So. (laughs) our publisher our first publisher Sunny Angela Lauria was like, "Yeah, you have to write a book for the parents first. Get them on board and then we can talk about the clean eating kid, right?" <laughs> I mean, it's so ironic cuz this book is the set, it, it's this book is made for anyone. Yeah. Um, anyone who purchases or reads The Clean Eating Kid is going to benefit. The thing is that I teach people tricks to get their kids on the clean eating train with each of kind of the, the less the lessons in each chapter. So what I tell people, and you read this, I'm sure in the very first chapter, I know this is called the clean eating kid, but this is actually for you, the caregiver or parent who's reading this. You've got to show up. You have to be the change you wish to see in your family. We can't ask our kids to change if we're not willing to change. So this is really about a movement of healing the entire family and who doesn't want ease and tasty food while adopting this way of eating who doesn't want to be able to go to the grocery store and be like oh my gosh i need cookies for my kids like party at school or i'm just craving something sweet as a parent what can i grab that's really quick i've got your back with all the food swaps in the back of the book um so it's for everyone it's for everyone
3: yeah
1: and th- that's one of the things that i want to emphasize here, because I have friends whose kids are, um, you know, celiac or have some other conditions. And it it can be really the kids maybe don't understand when they go to a birthday party, why they can't have the same food as the other children. And you do such a beautiful job in this book, I think, with talking about how you will tell us about that, uh, especially using Tosh as an example, your why you instruct parents on how to talk to your kids and create a reason where you're not just power over telling the kids to do this. You're helping co-create a, an anti-inflammatory diet with the child by helping them identify their own why it's very liberating. It's absolutely
2: key. If there's one thing we take away before you even adopt anti-inflammatory eating, it's how to have this conversation with your children, with your family, and to be honest with yourself, right? We may say, you know, if we want to lose some weight or we want to get rid of of joint pain, chronic joint pain, we might be like, okay, well, that's, I want to lose weight and get rid of chronic joint pain. So I'm going to adopt this way of eating, whatever it is, or do this diet, right? Fine. But that's not really why you want to get rid of that. The reason you really want to get rid of the pain or lose the weight is so that you can go run around with your grandkids or go hike, I don't know, some great mountain or go on a trip with someone. Like There is a bigger why as to how you are living your day-to-day life, and that's what we have to look at. With our children, what's tricky is that our reason for wanting them to adopt this way of eating, and I'll use my son's example here with a sensory condition, like... We were late every day for school. It took him 25 minutes to get his socks on. If his clothes didn't feel just right, we had to do like a whole wardrobe change. I mean, <sighs> required a ton of patience. I thought this was just terrible too, because it kind of hit him around that time, and I was yeah. like, "Oh man, okay, deep breaths here." And I have got a lot of patience, um, but this it was it was really unreal, and it it was very stressful, and so. My reason was like, okay, I want him to do well in school. I want to be able to get him dressed to go outside quickly, to leave the house on time, all these things. My son's why for, for healing had nothing to do with those things. He right. wanted to go be able to play at recess. He didn't want it to take the entire time to get his clothes on, to go outside, to get to recess, right? He missed recess almost every day because of that. A little kid, that's what's important to them. He's like, if I can, if I can like... Eat some clean cookies and like, you know, get rid of this feeling so I can get outside and play with my friends. I'm all in. Um, my daughter is really into like being strong and jumping high and showing off her muscles and how fast can you run? I mean, we started doing this with her when she was really, really little. And she and she's six to this day. She's like, Mama, she called me last night, mama. I just drink a whole glass of water and I just wanted you to know my muscles got stronger. I mean, (laughs) this is what we do. We help them figure out what is their why. How do they want to be impacted by feeling better in their life? And that's what we focus on for them are like, oh, yeah, I want to be able to get out the door. Like, we're not talking about that with our kids. We can be giving ourselves, like, our own high fives, right? High five with yourself. But we are being like, Josh, guess what? This is so exciting. I'm so proud of you. You drank your water and you ate your clean protein. And you you chose this healthy, clean swap for cookies instead of eating regular Oreos. And, dude, look at how quickly you can get your clothes on and go play. Isn't that amazing? Those are the conversations that we have to reiterate like a broken record <laughs> with our kids and the truth is we have to reiterate reiterate it like a broken
1: record with our self yes which and is I- the key here right yeah and it, we're right at about time for a break, but I want to ask, I have to, there was like a little bit of a cliffhanger um, okay. in the book because you were talking about just coming back to Tosh that during the writing of this book, there was like a two week stretch where he, the, I don't know what was going on for every, maybe there were birthday parties or holidays or something, but that you kind of just let it ride and he was not eating anti-inflammatory. And what was the moral of the story there? Like, did he use, did you all talk about how yeah. it made him feel? 1000%
2: oh, <laughs> every day. And you, this is the thing, you guys, with kids, the goal is that we're, again, educating them and helping them learn the why and then connecting their body to this is how our body feels when we eat really well, drink our water, move our body. Here's what our body feels when we eat these things that are like, I call them like chemicals. Inflammation is a big word, especially for a younger kid, but they understand like chemicals, You don't drink chemicals or cleaning household cleaning products, right? Like they understand that this has chemicals; it doesn't make our body feel good. And um, and so it's important when they fall off the wagon not to get mad at them. We don't shame our kids, and I'm telling you, it's easy to do because really we're shaming ourselves and we're projecting onto our kids. It's I work on this on a daily basis, so easy to say, harder to do. Requires a lot of awareness (laughs) and just paying attention, but when we can help them see, oh yeah, it's, you know, you, you went to a birthday party or this Christmas, same thing happened to my kids. We did three or four days right before Christmas Eve. And then through the day after Christmas. And it was basically like, eat whatever you want. I've never done that ever. I don't know what got into me, but everyone, (laughs) including myself, like we all felt awful, so awful. And so we were able to have these conversations. It's really difficult to focus on our schoolwork it's hot. you're having a hard time paying attention to mom and dad you're having emotional breakdowns your skin doesn't feel good like all these things and this is it's okay but that's what happens when we eat these foods so how do we get back on the clean eating train and we can talk about that after the break but I have these three steps to stop cravings in their tracks and move forward and I think they're really key to give kids some sort of support and structure to get back on the clean eating to feel better at once you know, if their body's kind of gone haywire from eating some sort of inflammatory food.
1: Yeah. And I just have to say, Jenny, from a broader perspective, you know, here I am, um, you know, midlife, it took me until now to tie, let's say, for example, if I eat a lot of processed flours and carbs, mm-hmm. I have what a, it, it sounds. It feels like a hangover, quite frankly. Yes, or, or exactly. I know now that if I have alcohol, even just one or two glasses, it affects my energy for at least yeah. two to three days afterward. I. It took me this many decades to figure that out. And you are doing this with your children at such a young age that they will carry this throughout their life. And, it, I mean, you to me, you are playing a part in the broader awakening of consciousness because this is how. We evolve and we move forward, and I. This is just amazing that you're doing this with the kiddos now, so that they don't have to wait until they're mid 40s when they have chronic conditions that are almost. I mean, potentially for some people, the damage is irreversible. Yeah, thank you. It is
2: absolutely my goal. You know, and when we can understand at a young age, or at an older age, but when we when we finally understand at whatever age it is that oh, I actually have complete. Control over how I'm feeling. We may not be able to reverse something 100%, but I have complete over control over feeling much improved, much better. Yes. No longer am I a victim. No longer am I saying to myself, "What's wrong with my body?" You guys, our words have so much power, and there's a lot of new um, research. Joe Joe Dispenza, like there's a lot of new information about the power of words and how they actually change our cellular makeup, how our cells can go against ourselves or not. So when we stop saying what's wrong with my body and we start saying, body, I'm on your side. I got your back. We're in this as a team. I'm going to help you feel better. It is a totally different game changer for anyone at any age. But imagine if you can live your life, not feeling like a victim and instead having this power and knowledge of what to do to help yourself
1: oh yes that's so powerful okay so on that note we will go to our break (laughs) so I am joined today by Jenny Carr her second book is coming out next week but you can pre-order it now Um, so it is called The Clean Eating Kid but it is not just for kids it's for whole families Um, you are listening to Sunny in Seattle and we will be back after the break
0: the preceding audio was via a Skype call
1: hey Sunny in Seattle friends If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that the greatest gifts and synchronicities of my life happened when I started listening to the voice of my soul and let it take the lead. But in a crazy culture and a chaotic world, it can often be difficult to hear that soul voice and we forget just how powerful that spiritual being inside you really is, which is why I created Soul Digger, a membership community for women and those who identify as women who want to live a soul-driven life. We meet virtually to learn, connect, share, grow, and inspire one another on our spiritual journey. Find out more at my website, goldenoversoul.com. That's goldenoversoul.com. And click on the tab that says, work with me. So come get shamelessly spiritual with us in the Soul Digger community, where we mine the true gold that comes from your soul.
4: I'm Dr. Anthony Liesewitz. And this is Climate Connections. Buying insurance is one way to protect something of value, such as a car or a home. And now, businesses in Cancun, Mexico, have insured a coral reef. The coral reef actually reduces the risk of storm impact on the hotels and resorts in Cancun. Dave Jones is with the Nature Conservancy and is the former insurance commissioner of California. He says a healthy coral reef can reduce 97% of a wave's energy as it barrels toward land. So having a healthy coral reef makes a big difference in terms of whether the hurricane or storm is going to destroy your community or not. But a reef can also be damaged by a strong storm, which puts communities at greater risk in the future. So in the Mexican state of Quintana Roo, coastal property owners pay a fee that helps fund an insurance policy for the nearby reef and beaches. If a storm of a certain magnitude hits, the policy pays out. The money will be used by local residents trained to remove debris that could cause further damage, reattach coral pieces, and set up nurseries where corals can regrow. Jones says it's a way to pay for the restoration of an ecosystem that can, in turn, protect people from the intensifying effects of global warming. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. Learn more at Yale Climate Connections
1: Sunny in Seattle, radio
3: that positively shines. Over the years, you've brought them into your home. You were prescribed opioids after the C-section, when dad injured his back, when your basketball star tore his ACL. Opioids helped with the pain, and you held on to them, just in case. But did you know holding on to unused opioids puts your family at risk? Opioids are powerful, pain-reducing prescription medicines To find out how to dispose of them properly, visit www.fda.gov slash drugdisposal.
1: And welcome back to Sunny in Seattle. I'm your host, Sunny Joy, and I'm joined today by leading inflammation expert Jenny Carr. She has a brand new book called The Clean Eating Kid, um, and we've been talking about that today. Um Jenny, you know, as we dive back in, we talked a lot about inflammation, we talked about sugar, but just for folks out there, you really in your work talk about the the top inflammatory foods and i was wondering if we could just run through those so that people know that it's more than just sugar yeah absolutely
2: and when we say sugar i want to just um get even more specific processed sugar is the big one and there's over 50 names of processed sugar so we can start there right processed sugar is number one tied with alcohol for the most inflammatory food or drink that you can put into your body Um, And there's over 50 names. It can be a little bit overwhelming, but some of them are obvious. We know corn syrup is really, really bad for us. We know cane sugar. Most people, you know, realize that's a processed sugar, but there are some things like apple juice concentrate, which are found in a lot of kid or quote unquote health food products or any sort of juice concentrate. That sounds so healthy, but if it's concentrate, that is actually another one of the top 50 names for processed sugar. Number one, most inflammatory thing we can put into our body. So real um,
1: quick, Jenny, just so for people out there, I know it can be overwhelming. And what I have done is Jenny has a list of all 53 names that you can look for on a label that sugar hides under. And I keep it on my phone and my computer so that when I am at the store, I just pull up my little photo of the list of 53, check it. And if it's not on there, I buy the product.
2: Oh, that's amazing. That's such a good, good tip. Um, because some of you know things that an in os or dextrin like maltodextrin in um toast maltose mannitol like a lot of these things have uh similar um affixes that you can kind of find a pattern with but there's some of them that are you're just like what caster sugar is that a processed sugar right, right. and even um brown rice syrup like mm-hmm. that's another one that's found in a lot of kid products and things that are uh, health food products or labeled as health food products, it's brown rice sounds so healthy. Any sort of (laughs) syrup, unless it's pure maple syrup or raw agave, which is formed in a syrup, those are the only two syrups that are legit okay to eat. Otherwise, it's inflammatory. So processed sugar, number one, right? Um, What you can swap it out with, raw honey, raw agave. It's important that those are both raw because when they're processed, it changes on a molecular level. Um, pure maple syrup, not Aunt Jemima's, but pure (laughs) maple syrup. (laughs) Uh, Coconut sugar, unrefined coconut sugar is great. And I really like this one for anyone that has diabetes, whether it's type two or type one, because it's very slow releasing. It's low on the glycemic index, um, which will help alleviate big spikes um, from eating something with a sweet. But then if you also have type two or type one, or maybe you're doing keto diet, which by the way, there's clean keto and there's regular keto. That's a whole different topic. But if you're really trying to eat anti-inflammatory and do keto, um, then look for things like stevia, especially liquid stevia. A lot of powdered stevias have sugar alcohols, which we want to avoid. Um, monk fruit is really great. And that's kind of a newer product that's out on the market. Both of those are sweeteners derived, naturally derived by plants. Um, so, those are some great swaps that you can have. And if you look in my first bake uh, book, Piece of Cake, or even if you go through and you can find like coconut bliss in the clean eating kit in these grocery store swaps, there's coconut bliss ice cream, ice cream sandwiches, like 20 different types of ice cream made with coconut sugar. And you guys, I'm telling you, it's so good. There's cookies, there's cake um, mixes in the clean eating kid that I simple from simple mills. And then in piece of cake, I've got all these recipes and we just use those simple sugars to make at brownies, cookies, bars. I mean, anything you can think of, it can mm-hmm. be made with those non-inflammatory sugars. So that's key, right? Okay. Then we've got um, modernized wheat. Um, and so some great swaps, especially if you're baking or almond flour or coconut flour, cassava flour, We've got cow dairy. Cow dairy has very large protein molecules. It's often genetically modified. There's antibiotics and hormones. So we want to stay away from that. But goat or sheep dairy typically, or doesn't typically, it always has much smaller protein uh, molecules so we can digest it. It's typically not fed the GMOs. Um, So that's a, a fun swap for cow dairy. Like yogurt's a big thing for kids. And my kids love we just get plain goat yogurt and we add the liquid vanilla stevia. It's so good. Mm. Um, then, okay, so we've got sugar, alcohol, wheat. Um, dairy. Dairy. And then refined oils, which is really big. So that that list is somewhat similar to sugar where there's so many oils out there. Obviously, um, Anything expeller pressed canola oil or any type of canola oil, sunflower oil, seed oils are what a lot of health food companies use. Seed oils, if they're heated, cause an inflammatory response. So you have to be careful with that. Um, But it's easier to think about what kind of oils do work well. So extra virgin coconut oil, extra virgin olive oil, and avocado oil. Those are the only three oils we used to cook with. They're phenomenal, amazing. And fun fact, you can heat up avocado and coconut oil to really high temperatures. So if you want to fry something, you can use that without them
1: going rancid. Um, and Jenny, just say one more time, because this one took me a while for to remember, but that when you heat certain oils up to a... a high temperatures, it changes the molecular structure, Mm -hmm. and then it becomes inflammatory in the body. Is that how it works?
2: Yes. And that's same with raw honey and raw agave. The thing is, you guys, processed foods, when they are processed, they really, they change on a molecular level, and our body doesn't identify them as food anymore. Our body identifies them as an invader, and that's part of why the inflammatory response rises within. Yes. same thing happens which is the last food is with genetically modified foods our body scan when we put something into our mouth um the body scans the dna makeup of whatever it is that we're eating or drinking and it has this unbelievable any intelligence where it can say yeah okay that's that's food that's nurturing that's nutrition right or if it scans the DNA makeup and it doesn't match because it's been genetically modified, the body's like, invader, invader, the red alarms go off. And then for genetically modified foods, as the food makes its way down into your large intestine, it actually pushes these foods out. It creates permeable holes in your gut. To push these genetically modified foods out, which the body thinks is an invader, right? And that's leaky and gut, right? That is leaky gut. Yeah. Yes. Leaky gut is directly correlated with autoimmune conditions, low low energy, brain fog, um, difficulty sleeping, hormonal imbalance, a lot of like stomach digestive issues. It all is rooted in leaky gut. Also, food allergies, which is a big one for kids. More and more kids have food allergies. That is almost always related with leaky gut because when it creates the permeable holes to push these GMO foods out of our large intestine, what it also does is push out the healthy foods, right? so the strawberries the kale all the goodness you're giving your kids those are getting pushed out of the large intestine through the permeable holes and now this food is rotting and floating around in our body systemically <sighs> it's creating a systemic toxin and that the body is like oh then blueberries which it's getting a toxin from due to the rot and 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 floating around systemically the body will say oh i can't eat blueberries anymore they make me toxic i can't eat strawberries anymore or kale or whatever so It causes food allergies and leaky gut is you can heal it, but it takes it it takes some time. There's certain protocols to do, but anti-inflammatory eating is the very beginning and most important thing to begin healing leaky gut.
1: Yeah, I did that protocol several years ago, and I tell people I had leaky gut, and they're like, what is that? No one had heard of it, but I feel like now it's becoming more mainstream for people to understand what that's about. And it seems like that's got to be directly related to the complete spike in autoimmune conditions that so many people are being diagnosed with now. It
2: is, you know, it's really common that people are diagnosed. And in fact, this happened to me at the very beginning of my journey years ago, the doctor told me, yes, you have an autoimmune condition, but we don't know what kind. So basically what they're saying is there's high levels of systemic inflammation in your body. We don't know where it's coming from and it's showing up in in kind of an undiagnosable condition. Like you might, for me, I had bloating, weight gain, hormonal imbalance, extreme fatigue and depression. Those were my biggest um, things. But there wasn't like one quote unquote diagnosis that met with that particular, those particular symptoms all combined. And so if that happens to you guys, if the doctor is like, there's an autoimmune condition or we know that you just have systemic inflammation, we don't know, we don't have a specific answer for you, know that the only thing we have to worry about is getting inflammation out of your body. And that can happen through environmental toxins. It can happen through pathogens and infections. It can happen, um, the the inflammation shows up because of these reasons. It shows up from not drinking enough water. It shows up from a poor inflammatory diet. It shows up from not moving our bodies. There's all these things that we have to look at. But the number one thing is, Sunny, you and I were talking about over break is, we have to eat to stay alive we eat all day long to keep us alive and so inflammation builds up really really quickly from our diet so start with your diet it is i've been doing this for over a decade and hands down if you follow the protocol i teach it is the fastest most effective way to begin to improve if not reverse your chronic symptoms and then look at the layers of okay what environmental toxins are affecting me how can i move my body do i need some deep breathing definitely increase your water intake. All of those contribute, but start with diet to get the best results as quickly as possible.
1: Yeah. And you've mentioned water. And that was one thing I loved in the book is it's like, if, if we're talking mm-hmm. today and people are like, I'm not ready to change my diet. But one of the biggest things you can do is incorporate more water into into your lifestyle and not just for hydration, but for detoxing.
2: Yes, a thousand percent. I think um, as I had mentioned, we, we're trying to raise consciousness of people and help them connect to their body. And my second big goal is if you do nothing, just drink more water because <laughs> we have known for so long that water is important. If you have a conversation with anybody on the streets, anyone in your home, they're going to say, yeah, I know what is important. And typically they say, but I'm just not that thirsty or I just forget to drink we know water is important for hydration. That's what we've been taught for years and decades, right? At school, from the, from the FDA recommendations, like always, we know water is important for hydration. What we don't have as much um, mainstream knowledge about is how water plays a role in our detoxification process. So drinking a large amount, if you have a chronic symptom, number one, check do I have a chronic symptom, like we talked about at the beginning of this call? If the answer is yes, whether it's behavioral, mental, emotional, or physical, then we know inflammation is rooted in that. The fastest way to begin detoxing without changing your diet at all is to start drinking more water. And for an adult with a chronic symptom, we're shooting for a gallon of water per day. For kids, it varies based off of their size. A minimum, minimum of one half ounce of water per pound of body so if you have a child who weighs 30 pounds they should be at minimum drinking 15 ounces of water that's really just to stay hydrated if they have a chronic symptom then you want to increase that maybe take um half more so instead of 15 ounces add another seven ounces to that right so we're at 22 ounces per day for someone who has a who's 30 pounds and I talk about this in the clean eating kid book so you can get a little bit more specific on how to figure out how much water but remember this is water it doesn't include water that goes in smoothies it doesn't include water that goes in juice. Juice oh, is one of our biggest
1: culprits for kids. You, you call that, that, kids, like the equivalent of alcohol for it kids is, is juice. Yes. It's that bad.
2: <laughs> it is that bad. That's what kids are drinking. So they're drinking juice, concentrate, processed sugar, and they're having it instead of water. So there's no support for the liver and the kidneys to properly detox because water is to the liver what gasoline is to a car when it comes to detoxing. If you're gas tank is on empty or has really low quality gas in it, it's going to sputter along the side of the highway and eventually stop. The same thing happens with our liver. It's not about hydration. Yes, we need to be hydrated, but we need enough water, pure, clean water to support the liver so it can function just like gasoline supports a car.
1: Um yeah, that, the the analogy also that you used in the book is I, everyone can picture this, a dry riverbed. Yes. And if you put just a little and and well, I'll let you tell that analogy,. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so so it's this analogy. If you imagine your body is equivalent to a, a dried up riverbed, right? And in this riverbed, there's sand and pebbles and boulders and really big, big rocks. Well, if there's a trickle of water that's constantly going down this riverbed, it will support an ecosystem. There will be some water for the fish and the, or maybe for the fish and birds for the animals to come and drink out of, it will push out some of the sand and maybe even a few pebbles out of this dried-up riverbed. But if the sand and the pebbles and the big rocks and the boulders are all um, acronyms for inflammation. If they all symbolize inflammation that's stuck inside of your body, causing these chronic symptoms, We have to push that out. And the only way to do it is to flood it. So let's get a flash flood. Let's flood the riverbed. Let's push out the river or the sand and the pebbles, the rocks, the boulders. Let's get all of it out, right? And then, and that is exactly what we're doing with our body to push the toxins, inflammation that's stuck inside of our body out.
1: Yes, um, we can't emphasize that enough. And water also plays a role. You mentioned um, before we went to the break, so I don't want to leave people hanging here, um, around cravings. Water also yes. plays a part in, you know, if we're thinking about when you transition, I'm just speaking for myself personally, that um, when I went on that SIBO protocol, for example, and and thank goodness for your book, but I was panicky at first. And there were times when I would have that craving for those chips or those yes. cookies. And having a, a little protocol available to me to address those cravings was very important as I transitioned into the anti-inflammatory diet. Do you mind sharing about cravings?
2: Yeah, cravings. Okay, so a couple of things cravings are especially going to hit an all-time high when you're detoxing so just to be aware of that if you're like all right I'm going to do a science experiment I'm either going to just drink water for two weeks and listen to my body and see if that helps or maybe I'm going to adopt this whole way of anti-inflammatory eating Jenny's talking about either way as you're detoxing and with the SIBO sunny as you were killing off detoxing from the SIBO it creates sometimes very intense cravings. How do we stop cravings from our tracks, right? Number Mm -hmm. one, drink a large glass of water. Water is a huge component of stabilizing blood sugar levels and actually also helps to stabilize hormones. So we want to stabilize our blood sugar levels because that's typically part of why we're craving. We want to then step number two is to go eat a good um amount and I usually recommend around 20 grams worth of clean protein. So clean protein is either grass-fed, grass-finished, free range, or wild caught meat, fish, poultry, beef, bison, etc. Or if you're vegetarian, <clears throat> excuse me, you could have um uh, Free range egg. If you're if you're a vegan, then you could look at beans. Nuts are not a protein. Just heads up, they're <laughs> a fat, and that's a really big misconception. So eating a bunch of nuts is not going to give you like a whole handful of nuts will give you one or two grams of protein, and we're trying to get 20 grams of protein in. But mm-hmm. another fun fact is that pumpkin seeds, which actually are antiparasitic, antibacterial, and they, a quarter cup of pumpkin seeds has around 10 grams of protein. So you can get a fair amount of protein from pumpkin seeds. Mm -hmm. Either way, try to get around 20 grams of clean protein in. It will completely, it'll satiate you, stabilize blood sugar levels. It will distract you, right? We're not as hungry. And then if you're still craving more than likely, it is because of an emotional craving, right? We're trying to comfort ourselves for some reason, which is fine. So I always say then grab yourself a clean treat, whether it's a swap in the back of the clean eating pit or recipe from piece of cake, like grab yourself a clean treat so that you can give yourself that comfort. You're not feeling deprived but we're first doing the things to physiologically stop the craving by the water
1: and clean protein first. Yes, yes, and I have used that now <laughs> many times. Yes. I make some of those little um, the muffin tin meatballs, and I yes. eat pop a meatball with <laughs> some water. Totally,
2: right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, having that clean protein on hand is is key. If we have to be like, oh, I got to go to the store when we are craving. Oh God! I got to go to the store. I got to make my 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 protein. Like that is not going to happen. I promise. No. So Especially with kids. On- <laughs> especially with kids. And, you know, so I was telling you guys about my daughter who's six, and she had told me last night, I drank my water and I'm so strong. And she also has – she's doing a Candida die-off right now, um, uh, cleanse. It's my six-year-old. So there's, like, no sugar, no grain – like, no sugar. And my daughter has a sugar tooth. She doesn't do processed sugar, but she has a sweet tooth. Yeah. So we're doing stevian. But a lot of the, like, swaps we normally have – aren't there and she's having extra cravings because of the die-off and she's like, Mom, I am craving really bad. <clears throat> Excuse me. I really, I really need some protein now. Let's get some water, let's get some protein. And then I need you to have that clean treat for me. Like she, <laughs> she as a six-year-old, she knows this. And the reason I share is twofold. Sometimes we think like this is adult knowledge and adult information. And it's not. As a teacher and educator, I saw that when we raise the bar and expect more of our kids they're right there with us. Um, When we can teach our kids how to connect with the body, how to listen to their body and what to do when a craving hits or when we fall off the wagon, how do we get back on when we teach our kids that it takes two weeks to push the inflammation out. So, okay, we fell off the wagon. Let's be really, really clean for two weeks and get back to making our body feeling good. They will do that. My my two-year-old son, Sunny, I'll never forget this. Two years old, he had been eating this way for a very short period of time, maybe three months. Mm -hmm. But he his sensory condition was significantly, uh, improving. He's only two, like he can only, he can barely say that many, these many things. And he said, mama, it was Halloween time. Mama, I'm only going to have two Tootsie Rolls. Tootsie Rolls were her, his favorite candy. Mm. When he was little, I potty trained him with Tootsie Rolls before I knew about inflammation. And and, and so he said, mommy, I'm only going to have two Tootsie Rolls on Halloween because it hurts my tummy when I eat them. (sighs) i'm and a two-year-old like i didn't even bring the conversation up to yes. he brought it up to me on the drive home so yes. you got our kids are so much yes they absorb so much more than we think
1: and here yeah. that's and that is a great place to end with i've been yes. i've been talking today with <laughs> yes. jenny carr leading inflammation expert the new book is the clean eating kid and you've been listening to sunny in seattle thanks everyone for joining us thanks jenny for being here Thank you so much. It's been awesome. A Absolutely. Great yes. Take care, everyone.